welcome to episode number 20, Playing Injured. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, welcome to the Rotated Views Podcast. This is episode number 20, Playing Injured. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I am here with Goose, Heck, Manny, and Gabe. That's right, we have the entire crew here with us today. In this episode, we discuss our stories of sucking it up and being relentless, the dad's reaction to a child's injury, Hmm. and advice to friends on the difficulties of life. We wrap up the episode with quotes from Troy Palomalo and Peyton Manning. If you're new to the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't forget to download and subscribe. Uh, we release a new episode every Tuesday morning. For further information about me and the crew, uh, go to JimmyLeeVelez.com. All right, with that being said, we like to kick off every episode with a story, and I got this story from MedicalDaily.com titled, Smiling Through Hard Times Combats Health Effects of Stress by Licia Bushak. All right, and goes like this. We all experience stress at some point, and many of us are probably stressed out at this very moment. Here's the good thing. New research suggests that our response to stress, whether calmness, anger, or positivity, can have just as much of an impact on our health as the stress itself. This seems to put more control in our own hands, giving us the reins to handle our stress the best way possible. Increased inflammation, a weakened immune system, altered DNA in our cells, and shortened telomeres. These are all adverse effects of chronic stress on a biological level. We can really learn to avoid these effects if we put us on a smile through all of the stressful events. That's what a new study out of Penn State University finds. Published in the Health Psychology, the study discovered that adults who maintain cheerfulness during minor stresses of daily life had lower inflammation levels. Women in particular were at a higher risk of inflammation if they failed to stay positive during stress. So while it may seem cheesy at first, smiling through your daily problems may improve your health and keep you resilient all right so uh that is from medicaldaily.com um that is an interesting uh topic and also i love the fact that it was backed up by actual research um, by penn state so keeping i guess a positive attitude through um, a stressful situation has more benefits to your health than I thought ever possible. To me, I just initially thought it's a, you know, it's just like a mindset. It changed your mindset and you're just kind of looking at things. Um, but it actually has a physiological effect on our body, you know, while, while we're thinking in, in a different way. Now this, I'm sure this is uh, catered towards uh, a very standard or the average reaction or stressful event, not, not anything specific to uh, fatalities or right. anything dramatic or traumatic yeah. in that event. But um, when it comes to finances and financial crisis or maybe like a relationship breakup or something like that, I think what this is trying to say is keeping a more positive outlook that uh, this too shall pass kind of thing mm-hmm. 
helps the body physiologically. What do you guys think about that? That physically it helps, not just like a mind. Like I always took it as a mindset thing. But I guess that goes along with like I guess like a fake it so you make it type thing, right? So that kind of attitude where it's like, yeah, if, yeah, you know things suck right now, but it's, you put on a brave face and just kind of keep it going, and you know, you kind of you get to a point where you, I guess you do kind of believe that, or you kind of just at least the current emotion passes, even though you know like this current situation is still in a bad position, whatever it may be, but. And kind of just get through it at that moment, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when my senior year at uh, Temple University, I know I always talk about this, but at that moment, I was under a lot of stress. And then I was introduced, ironically, to the personal development industry. And I was taught how we uh, spoke about last episode or the episode before about being optimistic. And Manny was, you know, you know, we're poking fun that I was over the top with it. But I got through a very difficult situation that was stressful. It was school. I had to perform. There had to been uh, certain grades that I had to reach, taking on a lot of credits. That being optimistic or being happy and having a positive outlook, kind of like this too shall pass, I feel like got me through. That's why I get emotional. That's why I get worked up. That's why I'm so passionate about personal development because that is actually what got me through Temple. It wasn't, you know, the weekends, what everyone else was doing on the weekends. It wasn't... um you know, or any other form of outlet. It was literally just reading positive books and trying to stay positive, even though I was under a boatload of stress. And uh, and, and it's all, I guess, situational. Yeah. The way I, you know, I internalized a situation Manny might not have been as stressed about. Or heck, you might not have been as stressed as I would have been. You might have been more relaxed. But for me... I was over the top with it. I, I, I didn't want to stay at school another year. I didn't. I just wanted to finish when I, I wanted to finish. I did. I just that was the end of that. So I put a lot of pressure on myself. But this giving a positive outlook and Lord knows I don't know. Maybe it did help me uh, physically. I didn't know that, but it probably did. I'm sure. I know for me when I think of physical, I think of like working out and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's relieved stress for me. But hey, I guess you know thinking uh, you know in a certain way or whatever also helps uh, physically did you did you were you like that too man like when we were going through school i know you had a couple things going on as well mm, I, I mean through school i hated school so i was, I was always <clears throat> depressed and there was no like i won't call it depressed there was no energy for it but i i never changed the mindset to try to make it more fun and i didn't see the, the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel yeah so I stayed miserable, and yeah. I it didn't force me to study. I mean, I'm sure your positive thinking kind of helped you through. You you know, it, it does change your mindset, and it actually gives you energy. I do believe that because when when I was supposed to study, I was like, oh, man, I'm tired. I'm taking a nap. Yeah. I'll go take a nap. It was like, <laughs> you know, damn, well, damn well, I woke up two hours ago. You know that, and that's and and you know, I I do I think that that's absolutely true. It does work if yeah. you you know fake it till you make it, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Uh, it, de- it definitely gives you a burst of energy or at least puts you in a different mindset and makes you, f- you know, your whole body feel feel good and, and move towards, you know, a positive direction. So is that how you are, were, how you were just towards school? Or did you ever apply being happy during, not happy, but I guess more uh, optimistic during a more stressful event? Or were you trying to look on the brighter side? I make it, I make it a point because I've kind of have made myself aware that when I'm down, it's it's down. I ride the highs and lows. Yeah. And at work, you can't, you know, you can't really ride the highs and lows like that. You know, yeah. when you have a win, and you can't be the biggest win in the world. Uh, and when you have a loss, it can't be the biggest loss either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so now I try to just keep as calm as I can be because when I'm, 
when I'm low, yeah, I don't want to do anything. I find the stupidest things to do. I'll surf the web or whatever the case is. So now it's more of a conscious thing. Like, come on, this is this is going to help you here. You know, big picture, five years down the road, a year down the road, this is going to net you this sale, this customer, this, this. So yes. that helps you kind of push forward and helps me kind of move along. Yeah, and that I love the point you just hit because to me is when when you have a plan or strategy you feel more comfortable or you can be a little bit more optimistic. Even if like you're saying, that's not what you naturally do. Mm -hmm. But if you have a plan or there's something, something in action strategy, um, I feel like that will relieve so much. For example, when I first started studying the stock markets and stuff like that, one of the first things they say is that you need a gut for this. If you don't have a gut for this, you can't do stuff. Do not enter into this because it would, it's there's highs and lows, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The volatility is insane. So, you know, listen to the one of the guys that I follow on, on stock twits is he said when he first started out, he was making when he started to get it, understand it. So this is like within his first 18 months, he was making uh, like a thousand dollars a week. Right. Mm -hmm. So then he, he would do that consistent. So then, OK, by the end of the month, he was making four thousand bucks. Mm -hmm. And then in one day, in one day. He lost four thousand dollars off of that. So it took him a month to get to where he was, and then all of a sudden, so he said, "That is a gut check." That's what they say. You need a gut for this, right? Because he had a plan in place, though. He's figured, "I'm going to bounce back for it." The plan that I have, you know, there's like you know the law of averages or whatever. You know, his strategy was eventually it will come back. Sure. So he had to cut his losses and just take it at that instead of trying to what they call like double down and all this other stuff and average down. He just went with it. He's like, that's it. That's my loss. I got to learn from it. So he said he went back, looked at all his trades and studied what he did wrong and came back and realized there was a pattern in what he was doing and what he was good at. So there's some stuff he wasn't so good at and there's some stuff he was really good at reading. So he went with his strengths. Right. From there, now you're talking about a guy who just, you know, in one day cleared 10 grand. You know, so, so having that strategy... I felt he said that it still made him confident for some reason. He's like, I just lost my life savings, but for some reason I was confident. Right. And I feel like it was because he had that plan, that strategy. So uh, it's kind of like keeping a keeping a focus on like the bigger picture as opposed yeah. to like getting stuck in like the smaller, smaller yeah. negative parts of it. Yeah, and I think it goes back to us. We always talk about knowing your why. If you know why, why yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. Let's not get this messed up. Everyone has an awful day, awful week, awful month, awful year. That that doesn't. No matter who you are, whether you're rich, poor, you know, skinny, fat, tall, or small, it doesn't matter. You're going to experience traumatic stuff. You're going to experience a lot of stress. You're going to experience issues. But then we all have to understand that you're going to also experience the victories. You're also going to experience the happiness. You're also going to experience, you know, the, the great things uh, life has to alter, offer. And going back to what Manny says is you have to find that balance. Mm -hmm. If you're up in the highs and lows and highs and lows, I'm one to say, we all know this. I always say, you know, feel the emotions of life, mm -hmm. but don't let it sink you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Also, don't let it take you off in a balloon either because yeah. you're going to fall harder than anything. So if you celebrate those things and kind of experience or feel the pain for a temporary uh, amount of time, I mean, I, I think I think you're all right. I think that's the best approach because um, it, it keeps you in tune with reality. But uh, well, talk, talking about, it, I was just thinking about it, not talking about the the story. It's true, even when you know you go to a funeral, 
you ever realize people don't dwell on the sad things, right? People always dwell on the happy parts of it. Yeah. Why? Because that helps you get through it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it is true, and it just kind of like dawned on me, man, that's why people talk about, you know, when you give these eulogies or give these stories, there's always something positive, something that makes you laugh because yeah. that helps heal the wounds and helps you get through those times. You don't even realize it. Like, you're smiling through it, you know, and, and you feel like it's forced, but it's actually, you know, it's really helping you through the process or at least get the process started of, of the healing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. Yeah, you, you would figure you wouldn't be laughing at a funeral, but right. some guy, somehow someone makes it right. um, a point and says, like, a funny story. Absolutely. And, and, and those are the things that, absolutely, those are the things we should be, you know, cherishing and, you know, giving giving that perspective on you know someone's passing so okay so if you are uh once again new to the podcast i'd like to define a couple things um using dictionary.com to kind of help us facilitate with the podcast and, and the episode so i define the word injured which means to do or cause harm of any kind damage hurt impair a general term referring to any kind of degree or degree of damage. And I defined adamant, utterly unyielding in attitude or opinion in spite of all appeals, urgings, etc. So, with those two things defined, our story out of the way, and on the back of our minds, let's move on to segment two, which I want to ask you guys, have you ever played injured and explain? Also, this doesn't necessarily mean physical. So once again, when I mean playing injured, I mean there's stuff going on in your life, right? It could be, you know, relational relationship issues, you and your spouse, you and your significant other are arguing, you know, like wild, but you still have to perform at work, like you still have to be a professional, you still have to wipe the slate clean and, you know, basically bring the cake home still. This can be physically, maybe you played with, you know, like a fractured hand or something like that, or, or, you know, something else. Once again, we're not, you know, applauding these things, but we're giving us our examples, uh, nor are we encouraging these things. But uh, I believe everyone at one point played injured. It's just a matter of, you know, to what extent, to what degree and, and where, where they're doing it and why. Uh, my playing injured was a physical thing. It was a... Uh when I was 19 or 20 years old, I worked in a warehouse, driving a forklift, and then at the same time, at, when I would leave there, I would work at the barbershop part-time, trying to earn my hours to get my, my, um, to get my barber license. Well, at the barbershop, you know, everyone goofs around, hangs out, so I'm out back of the shop, and uh, there was a bunch of kids riding skateboards. So, me, when I was younger, I used to ride skateboards, swore I can hop on this thing, and show these kids off or whatever so i uh i got on the skateboard jump off a roof of a car and hyper extended my knee oh gosh so i um i i just thought I, I sprained my knee or whatever i go to work at the factory that i was working at i'm walking walking around my knee still bothering me whatever and um i i tell i tell one of my uh co-workers that my knees what like hurting so they they said go see a doctor I go see a doctor, needless to say, I like tore my ACL, my meniscus, whatever. So um, I had to get reconstructed surgery on my knee. So when I get that done, I had to take like a short-term disability from the factory for six months. So um, I get the surgery done, 
And not even three weeks later, I, I just can't sit around at home. Yeah. So I was telling, like, getting rides to go to the barbershop so I can work there all day. Yeah. So I was working with this big brace on my leg with, like, stitches still and, like, not even, and then leaving there, going to physical therapy, coming back. And uh, I was catching the vibe of the whole barbershop for, like, how I'm experiencing what it would be working there eight hours, nine hours. As opposed to like two or three from before. Six months go by. I go back to the warehouse. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Driving a forklift and I don't want to be here. So that changed my mind on my career. Like, So I experienced what it would be like to work at a barbershop full time. Yeah. All day. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to this other place that I didn't like. It wasn't my career. It wasn't nothing. It was just something for me to do to generate income. So then... I just, I, I, I talked to my family and made decisions on working at the barbershop full time. Yeah. So I gave, I gave my two weeks notice and then I started working at the barbershop full time. But if it wasn't for that injury, I wouldn't have like pursued my, my career to work at the barbershop full time. I, I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. I just thought I was going to do it as like a part-time gig forever, something on the side. But, um, due to the injury, it gave me opportunity to work there for, couple months full time and I got to and I got to enjoy and got to experience what I was really missing out if I didn't if I didn't if I didn't do that like if I didn't go and work at the at the shop all day as opposed to go back to the to the work to the warehouse now that's interesting because not only did you play injured on a you know teenage whatever hour old you were uh you know mistake or you know move knucklehead move riding a skateboard doing something you know foolish but you played with a bum leg, cutting hair, yeah, and loving every. In fact, you wanted to make it full time. And now let's 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 bring this all back to basics, guys. You have to stand up to be a barber. You don't right. sit down cutting people's hairs, right? So, yeah. um, you're using obviously what's injured, and you actually played through it. Not only that, you literally discovered what your passion in life and yeah, which yeah. eventually been your calling in life was. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. When you're absolutely healthy, you are kind of half, half, yeah. half in. But then when you're lit physically injured and dedicated your time for that, and you got a, the taste of what it was to be a full-time barber, you're all in. Yeah. With a bum leg. With a bum leg. Awesome. Yeah. That's absolutely awesome. Well, that's the definition. That's why you play injured, right? This is That's when the greatest <laughs> things tend to come up. That's when the greatest things tend to happen. When that difficulty or that obstacle comes through and you overcome that that's usually when you're granted the you know the greatest gifts right so if he didn't go to work injured he would have never known that was his actual passion still be rolling forklifts around huh yep isn't that crazy ladies and gentlemen play injured that's right let's be smart about it yeah (laughs) but um you have to play injured absolutely uh does anyone else have a played injured uh story I, I kind of have something it's not more it's more generalized I guess you could say like um because like I, I guess kind of intertwines with the I guess the first segment too with that um it's like I talked about like a few episodes back like some of like the stresses and anxieties and all that stuff that I've dealt with for a long time but even like when I let the stuff overwhelming like I, I think I was talking to you it was like I just I literally just I keep that part private essentially yeah right so it's like nobody really sees that version of myself but like but like one of my friends I've known for maybe several years at this point um 
like we always have random life conversations. Like me and you have like random life conversations and stuff. And I actually started like talking about this stuff, which like I have more recently anyway. And and she said over the past like five six years, she says she would have never even knew I, I I go through that stuff because I I guess like reaction like in the moment reaction you can see a lot of my face but like the deep seated stuff i like i never show that part of me out right. in public so it's like right. it's weird like that type of thing where it's like i could be currently going through like something crazy but it's like i i know how to put on like the brave face and stuff and just like especially when you're around people it kind of makes it a little easier like kind of yeah. like you get you get a little more positive and stuff like that too so it kind of it kind of helps with some of that stuff but mm-hmm. but that type of stuff like i always kept the private but like even when i talk about it now it's almost like i guess to some people, it doesn't make sense because I'm like, I don't, I'm never really, like I said, I would never show that part of me. So. Absolutely. That's kind of, that kind of goes along with, you know, us, rest of us here being fathers, um, you know, uh, going through adult stuff, whether it's, you know, finances or whatever, you don't, you don't, we're not sitting there breaking it down to our kid. Our kid has no idea. And it's like, dude, I don't even know if I'm going to make this month's rent. I don't even know if I can make, you know, hit up this car note for this month. And then they come running to you in your arms. And you're like, Daddy, you want to play with the ball? I'm like, yeah, but let's play with the ball. Boom. Mm. And it's, like you say, it's like that poker face. You never show or never expose that side. Um, to, to let them feel those emotions is absolutely unnecessary uh, for them at that point of their life when they're that young. There's no need for it because that's something you have to figure out anyway. Um, and I think dude, we, we all do that, right? I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a normal absolutely. parent thing, I think. Um yeah, so going with the playing injured, I'll just use a, I have a couple, but I'll just use the one that I'm currently going through right now. I broke my foot jogging. I rolled my ankle um, on a curb and I heard the snap. I heard the, I just dropped to the floor and I hobbled my way home. I thought I sprained my ankle. Then when I got closer to my home, about a quarter mile away, slowly started realizing this is probably more than a sprain. I elevated it. Felt the pain, and it was just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Needless to say, went to the hospital with my brother, Goose, and they're like, oh, yeah, you broke it. <laughs> so um, I had so many plans going on within the next two weeks to a month, month and a half, that I need to do physically. I physically have to do stuff. Um, and this is outside of exercising and then all this other stuff. Um, you know, like a vacation was planned I have to go for like orientation down Center City for uh, my master's program. So you have all this stuff, and that's just I'm only naming a few. There's a bunch of other things, and I have a desk job per se, but I need to be mobile at work. Um, I'm you know up talking to physicians, talking to patients, uh, talking to staff, coordinating things, going to meetings, carrying stuff like uh, you know medical records throughout the hospital, and they're not light. So I quickly realized, like, holy smokes, there's so much stuff this is messing me up with. And I didn't even realize. I'm like, oh, it's a sprained ankle. I'll get over it. It's a broken foot. We'll deal with it. Well, I'm in crutches, so my two hands are occupied. So my first day, what I do? Wine to myself. Mm. I can't even get a water. I can't even drink anything. How how do I get food? How do I eat lunch? (laughs) Like, I can't bring it up. I can't bring a tray up. Right. And I can't stand asking somebody for help. Not, not that I can't stand asking for help. I ask for help when it's like, I obviously need the help. It's just, I feel like people have so much problems themselves. They need it yeah. too. Yeah. That's what bothers me in general. Not that I don't like asking for help. So then all of a sudden I found myself complaining about everything, right? Mm. I mean, I can't even take a shower today. I have to take baths. I, who takes baths? I'm a grown man. <laughs> I don't want to take a bath. 
because um, this thing obviously can't get wet. Um, messed up my exercise thing. Like, oh my goodness, man, I was on a roll. I was exercising two times a day, doing everything, right? Just found myself just straight up complaining. Then all of a sudden, I checked myself. I was Then I started cracking up. I'm like, dude, what are you complaining about? Like, what in the world? So, ironically, the moment I stopped complaining, right, uh, the next morning, I figured, I'm like, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a backpack. You guys know, like, there's drawstring backpacks? You yep, know, yep. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. Whatever. So, I'll say, from my car to the hospital, I'll put, you know, water bottles in there and I'll pack a lunch that, you know, whatever. So, then I'll put it around my, you know, back because I couldn't carry anything heavy. So, my briefcase is way too heavy. So I had this, this little drawstring thing. I figured that out. So now I'm actually hydrated at work. I have food. Um, <laughs> I coordinated with a couple other people. One person said, though, you know, if, if I wanted a breakfast or a coffee, they'll bring it up because they go around the same time I do. Mm. Same thing for lunch. A different person, different scenario, but they do the same thing. That was all figured out. When it came to carrying other stuff, you know, I figured out all these things that I was complaining about. And then when I figured it out and stopped complaining, all the possibilities, all the resolutions started to come to me, right? right. Um, and then I said, you know, this isn't so bad. Not that it's the ideal situation. Believe me, I don't want to be in crutches, but it could be worse. When you look at things like that and you, you present questions to yourself saying, it could be worse. Yeah. So then here I am, you know, watching the Olympics, right? And then in between, they have commercials uh, of... of I think it's the Paralympics. Oh, yeah. 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 So then there's this, like, athletic build uh, woman running, like, sprinting, literally with one leg, and then the other leg is, like, with the... Yeah, carbon fiber leg. Yeah, the thing. carbon fiber leg thing. And she does, like, a long jump. Yeah, She's, yeah, like, yeah. running. And I'm, like, dude, you see what I sure. mean? It was, like, the... It was the <laughs> same night I saw... The same day I changed my thinking where I, all of a sudden I was, like, trying to be positive about everything... It was when I started seeing all the possibilities and all the things that I should be grateful for. Like, this could be a worse situation. This could yeah. be, um, you know, that was just me being, you know, a punk about it. Right. Like, that's all I was being. I was just feeling bad for myself. Just, just, but once I got over, you know, it was just a mental block. Once I got over that, now, yes, I am playing injured. Yes, it's not fun. Yes, I'm hobbling around the hospital. Yes, I'm, but I'm still getting my work done. Um, I'm still efficient in what I do. I just have to strategize and do it a different way. Literally, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. I'm still eating my lunch. I'm still hydrated. Yeah. I'm still, you know, doing the things that I need to do. And when it comes to exercising, believe me, if anyone has been in crutches, my back should be shredded by the time two weeks comes because <laughs> yeah. I am so sore. Yeah. Um, I'm holding so up your whole. You have to hold up your own body weight, basically yeah. pushing yourself. Yeah, that was with my small snippet. It was nothing. It's not nothing dramatic. Playing injured. I know there's there's plenty of other stuff that I've done playing quote unquote injured, and um, but I just wanted to give that example because it was the most you know recent or what I'm currently going. Currently, my leg is raised up underneath the desk. Uh, my foot's still broken as we speak, and um, yeah. So and I'm still doing this podcast with no complaint. You know, actually, I looked forward to it uh, because it was the one thing. That I can actually express this through, right? Right. Kind of the emotions that you're going through, and and this is a guy six foot three, two hundred pounds, you know, talking about those things. So it doesn't matter if you're a little kid or you're probably like, oh, I can't go swimming for the summer. We all do it, dude. I'm 31 mm-hmm. years old. Right. I busted my ankle exercising, <laughs> so it happens to the best of us. Right. But I, I think it's just that. I think it's that mental block 
uh, playing injured is a mentality. Some people would just give up and quit. And I know my my example is very shallow compared to mm-hmm. a lot of things, but it's a it's a great example. If now that's just my leg. Imagine if it was something else. Imagine if I was like in a full body cast. What kind of mental blocks you have to go <laughs> yeah. through yeah. Uh, to 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 operate on a daily basis? Well, I mean, it actually builds character, and you probably this is one injured story that you could talk about, and this probably helped you. Then, uh, what our freshman year going into college had a little motorcycle accident. I think you had screws, pins all in your left arm. And you were in the middle of your freshman year. Yeah. And it was, what, a full arm, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You had to get up ass early. I'm talking like 5 o'clock in the morning in college is like getting up at 3 in the morning to wash your arm off or really take a bucket and, you know, wipe yourself down to get a shower. Sponge baths. In college, by yourself as a freshman. I remember thinking like, man, that sucks. So, I mean, you should have drew some some strength from those days oh i did and um my sophomore year so all right so going back to the freshman year thing yeah i had to and the reason why was so we had um what's that called when it's like open not open showers weren't open like there was you know dividers in between each one but it was like public uh showers for the you know the dorm the kids who were in the dorms yeah Yeah, they're like stalls yeah well obviously the bottoms and the tops are open so my first experience was I just got in. I was like, I got to take a shower or whatever. And the person next to me was probably like, I don't know, six, five. And their, their head was getting, you know, um, splashed with the water and all their water was just bouncing onto me. Yeah. So my stuff was getting wet. I'm like, dude, what's going on? And here I am like trying to grab all my stuff, one arm. Oh, it was a disaster. So to avoid <laughs> that, I then would get up early in the morning before anyone else was taking showers just to give myself basically like a sponge bath. Um, because the the shower was too much, like the the pressure of the shower would just splash everywhere. It was just it was right. a disaster. But then actually, sophomore year, I chipped the bone in my ankle playing tennis. So I was in a wheelchair for. Oh man, I remember that. Yeah, I was in a wheelchair for about two weeks. Really? In a wheelchair, yeah. Dude, you're fragile, bro. And I'm just yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I also me and Goose were talking about this, cracking up, laughing. I definitely was playing tennis in Air Force Ones. Yeah, He's like, dude, they have yeah, they have like, a heel. Yeah, they're bricks, dude. They're <laughs> like they give you like a two inch lift. That's low set, top, low top. Set Air Force ones up for success heavy. there. Yeah, yeah. Not for tennis. <laughs> Gray canvas Air Force ones. Oh my god, they were hot then though. Was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and tell them why you wore the gray. I literally wore the gray because it matched. Like I had my outfit. Was I mean, I went to play tennis. <laughs> Imagine. And I was playing with my buddy. It wasn't even like I was playing. Like he wanted to look. Pretty. He had looked the part yeah. though. He had looked the part. Yeah, he had great pants better. on. A gray shirt. Yeah. I had a gray shirt. Yeah, orange lettering, orange uh, like Nike shorts, and the gray, the gray sneaks. <laughs> just dropping dimes, dude. You're out yeah. there just serving them yeah. up, looking that cute. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Playing on stilts. Yeah, that so cost cute. you two weeks of your well, life. Hang on. No, now, it, I still had to go to all my classes, right? I still had to do all this stuff. I drew a crazy, you know, till this day, you know, at the end of curves, like when you're crossing the street, it dips down yeah. for, yeah. for those, for strollers, for wheelchairs. And on campus, they're awful. So I grew an appreciation <laughs> looking at, like, if there's a lip, someone in a wheelchair can't go up that. Like, you have to literally do a willy, and not obviously, now that everyone's young, obviously, I did it because I was 
what, 19, 20 years, not even, I was like 17, 18 years old. So of course I can like do a bunny hop over it. But I'm thinking like if someone's not as strong as that, there if there's a lip, look at them now. Like when you see the curves, when you see one that was flush, like I like I literally driving and like kind of like applauding in my mind. Like good job, whoever did that, that's excellent. That's actually useful. The other stuff's not useful. Why do you have a curb or like a dip down on? I don't even know. That, that's called something. It's driving me crazy. Um, anyway, it's like a, a dips down. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know the curb. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, like an entryway into yeah. the sidewalk a or dipping. whatever. Dipping. Yeah. Well, if there's like more than an inch and a half, you know, lip, it's pointless. Yeah. Because then you're just gonna, you know, flip over it. Great. Jimmy, you got a lot of uh, resolution, like you know, res, uh, reservoirs. Reservoirs. Yeah. So, so I tapped into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, dude, I'm like, dude, you were in a wheelchair for two weeks on main campus. Yeah. You know, ha- half the time having to get pushed, I was like coordinating schedules with people. Oh, it was a disaster. Huh? But, you know, you get through it. it like, again, yeah. it was just a mental block. And okay. this was prior to personal development. Yeah. So you can only imagine uh, what I was thinking. Um, so, so I don't know if it's playing injured or what, but it's basically I'm out of a car right now. So when, it, for, when my, my Jeep went down. I was overly dramatic, and I'm like, damn, dude, I don't have a car. I'm thinking the worst-case scenario, I'm going to have to take off for a week. You know, I have to take off to, so I can find a car and this and that. And and in my head, I'm like, damn, what do I tell my wife? Like, how's what's wrong with my car? And uh, and so I was just building myself up and hyping myself up for no reason. For no reason. I'm a grown grown man <laughs> Should not even be worrying about any of this stuff. But again, I guess that was the best, you know, the best getting to me about the whole car situation. So then we're sitting there and I'm, you know, I took a picture of my damaged vehicle and I sent it to my brothers. And of course, my genius brother, Jim, he texts me back. He's like, yo, talk to Manny. See if he's got that truck still. Well, I know he's got the truck. See if he lets you borrow it. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't want to bother anybody. Me being stubborn, I don't like to bother anyone. So, yeah, so I text Manny, and I was like, uh, well, no, first I spoke to my wife, and I go, and I asked her, I was like, so what do you think? What, what, what's the situation? What are we going to do? And this and that. And uh, she's like, I have no idea. And I was like, well, I have an idea. He just told me to talk to Manny, see if I can borrow his truck. And You, uh, you were instantly negative, though. He said, yeah, yeah. but it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, inspected. I was like, no, <laughs> yes, heck, I did. I did say that. I just had to use it to pick up something large. And it was it just got inspected the same yeah, day. So the last time like, oh, last okay. time I heard about the truck, Manny said it didn't have inspection or something was wrong with it. I don't know. That was obviously a year ago that when we spoke about that truck. So anywho, so I ended up using the truck, thankful to Manny. Appreciate it. It was awesome. The truck I first of all I got a lot of compliments on that truck. Everywhere I went, Good everyone truck. was asking me about Good it. Good truck. And, and yes, it's very beautiful. So um so yeah, so basically my whole thing was uh, I just made a big stink out of something where instead of putting my thought process into it to, you know, overcome it, um, I just acted like a big baby. And now the situation we have right now is uh, my wife is where sh- we should be getting a newer vehicle, but uh, my wife is using her work van. So there she was, I guess, thinking outside the box and uh, putting her, you know, asking her uh, her job to borrow the van until we can figure ourselves up. But I mean, like in the meantime, it's just like, I don't know. I get like, I get stressed out and I overreact with things. Yeah. 
Well, and it ended up all working and out. At, and it, it ends, will. At the end, yeah. You're still end. working it out, but it Right, will. right. I'm still working it out, and at the end, it will work out. I mean, hopefully sooner or later. Hopefully yeah. more sooner than later. You're but, still you know, able to go still, to work throughout the whole week. Yeah. Yeah. You also got multiple offers from people help, wanting to help right, you or exactly. take you into work or whatever. Um, I think like the biggest takeaway from hearing the playing injured stories, um, and, I'm, and I'm sure we all went through you know, much more dramatic stuff. We're, I think, keeping it lighthearted here, but everyone at home listening or whatever, you're probably going through that right now. You're probably going through uh, playing injured right now or got injured, whatever shape, form that is. I think what would draw from that is, is you'll get through it. You just keep on keeping on. And the other thing is, with the initial story saying, keeping a positive outlook, knowing your why, and uh, it draws a huge appreciation for whatever's injured. Yeah. Yep. So you right. appreciate your car way more, right? You yep. appreciate it, your kneecap way more. I appreciated my foot way more <laughs> than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, it was stuff that, you know, I pray about that stuff. You know, thank you, God, for my, you know, my physical health. But it's still specific enough. There's like, am I still being thankful for that or am I just saying that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now I'm truly grateful for, you know, my limbs. Right. And how funny that sounds, but yeah, yeah. you know, when when you don't when it's taken away from you, what was that saying? Like, you know, when it's taken away from you, I don't know, but you you miss it, that's for sure. You take it for granted. You take it for granted, mm-hmm. right. And so your level of appreciation, your gratefulness, you know, rises to levels, you know, unseen. But uh all right, so moving on. Let's move on to the dad life segment. And uh, this is for the guys, the parents here. How are you as a parent when your child gets hurt? Do you over-exaggerate or are you calm? Obviously, it depends on the extent of the injury. So this is an actual physical injury thing. I I used to be overly exaggerated. Like, there's a couple times where my kid would be on the chair. And this is just a very vague... uh, picture but there was a time where she she was sitting down she was about to fall and i saw the whole thing happening but i jumped up and reacted so fast that nothing ever got to happen because i i was there to save her i'm like well, they're not gonna learn anything from this. <laughs> like they need to understand that you know she was jumping she already got told once to stop jumping off the chair and i you know i saw her jumping so i tried to help her before she got hurt like i didn't want to see her get hurt so i'm like fast moving to get over to help her out but i don't know if it, and now i just watch them oh okay like i just let them go like they have to learn like i'm telling them to to chill out it's like tumbling i just see you like watching tv and your kids like flying down the steps falling Dude, down you have steps. four kids get up stand up shake it off shake it off in fact get a shower it's time for a shower <laughs> yeah i mean i i was um oh man awful i'll give you a funny story it's, it's not it wasn't funny at the time it's funny now my wife and i uh had our son and I don't know when this was. This was like the first time. So, dude, we're talking like early. He's, he's obviously an infant. We had to cut his nails. So I go, and she, she's super like nervous about this thing. And in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> what are you nervous about? You're just cutting nails. She's like, they're smaller. They say, you know, babies are fidgety or whatever. They feel uncomfortable because you're like pulling on a finger or whatever. It's not normal for them. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, give me, give me. The, I've cut my dog's nails. However many <laughs> times. That Good was my comparison. Uh, this is a first time his dad. Kid is his dog. The dumb things that went through my head, right? So I grab his finger. I'm like, watch, boom, boom, boom. I kid you not, on the first snip, I damn near took this kid's finger off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I took off like a decent chunk. I mean, it was nowhere. It wasn't like bone or anything, but I took enough that he was just bleeding, and. He, you know, was like trying to catch that breath kind of cry. Like, he, there's nothing coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude, what was that for? I started crying, dude. <laughs> I threw the nail clippers on the floor. I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed in myself. <laughs> I'm like, do I call 911? <laughs> what is going Man. on right now? We didn't know. He went an ambulance. Put yeah. a cast on it. Call yeah. the ambulance. I call the ambulance. <laughs> like, I didn't know what, dude. I was so mad at myself. And my wife was just so calm or whatever about it. I think she wanted to, like, yell at me or something. But she saw I was already beating myself up enough right. that she's like, all right, well, that's not going to help. And right. this baby's bleeding. So we got to yeah. figure this out because like his fingers like rolling around on the floor. No, <laughs> nah, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was literally like a nip, but, but it was enough for, for make, you know, it's, it, it ended up stopping bleeding. He was actually fine. But it wasn't the point. It was due my reaction. It was like, whoa, it was like so over the top. Um, but I don't know. I just think that I think if you're a caring parent who's involved in your child's life, I think that's a natural reaction. There's no way you see like, all right, your your first child, you know, is gushing blood, and you're just sitting there calm as anything. Yeah, no, no. And you're you're there by yourself. Okay, no, that's not happening. But uh, I mean, I, I said this to my buddy Chris. Hey, Chris and Tara just just had a you know a child, and their first child, and I told him, you know, like they always tell us. You know, the, the babies don't come with owner's manuals, so you're 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 gonna you have to figure it out. Like it's just funny. Like he put on a bow backwards or something like that, and Tara, who's got a C-section, is laughing so hard, but she's mad at the same time because of her, her stitches. <laughs> yeah, and she's not it's supposed hurting. to be laughing yeah. like that. So she's oh, like man. hugging that pillow thing they give you, and <laughs> it's like, dude, this is only day two. Yeah, oh, yeah. Boy. I told him like, dude, if it was me, I had a son, so I was like, dude, if it was me, I probably would have did the same thing. If you saw this thing, got you would have been dying. I don't even. Is, I don't even know if you would call this a bow. It's just like yeah. I, don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It was just funny because I told them, like, dude, I would probably would have did the same thing. You don't know, like yeah. you don't, you just don't know. But uh, yeah, dude, it, it, it's 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 hilarious. I think I don't know. I I see the people who are overreactive um, on certain things, and I think it goes back to what we we're talking about earlier. You can't be too dramatic yeah. either way because then that's you know it's it's the classic example where. Your kid's running on cement and falls and scrapes both knees and his hands or whatever. And sometimes it's not that bad of a scrape. And they're only crying because you're like, oh my gosh, come here, are you okay? And then they start crying. They're feeding off your reaction. Right. And if you some other times if you just let them go, you're like, no, let them go, let them go, let them go. And you just get up and just go like that, clap their hands, whatever, boom, boom, boom. Um, heck, heck thought a couple times I was being rough with James, but... I, I had to, you know, just let him go. Let him go. You know, I'm yeah. not going to run over. He fell and he was fine. There was not blood. There was not even a scrape on it, but he tumbled and he was young. I understand. Yeah, you yelled at me. I went to go save him. He's like, no, let him go, dude. Let him go. I felt bad. He rolled in grass. I mean, it was like yeah. a simple. <laughs> See, I am dramatic. You know why? Yeah. I'll tell you why I'm dramatic about when someone gets hurt. Because I, as a kid, Puerto Rican parents, the Hispanic parents would um, hit you 
for when you uh, got hurt. <laughs> so here's a good example. Here's a good story. I would go to my aunt and uncle's house, and uh, my aunt, I don't know if you remember the 90s, <laughs> yeah. the good old gut buster. All right? So the gut buster was laying out in the living room, and my I guess my aunt was using it earlier in the day or whatever. So And it was a habit. We always went over there to see my grandma. Wait, what was the gut buster? That, that thing the with thi- the spring? No, it was it was um it was Suzanne Summers had it. It looked like an ab roll. Oh, the it was a no. rolly thing. No, uh, it was like this. It yeah, it was the thigh master. It was like no, it was like a rolly. It was like a. Yeah, I know what that was. It looked like blue foam on it. Looked like a blue foam. It looked like a turtle shell, right? No. All right. So anywho, so it was um, so I was using it. So I'm bending down forward with well my geniusness. Decides to use it the opposite way. So basically, the wide open part was down on my chest and on my legs. So I'm going up and down, up and down with it. My mom's sitting next to me. My uncle is cracking up laughing because, of course, I was making a fool of myself. So then I wasn't paying attention, and the spring loaded hit me in the chin. And I said, ah. And my mom smacks me in the back of my head, and she goes, that's what you get for not listening and not using things the proper way. <laughs> That's so crazy. I hurt myself like bad. Like I hit my chin. Like I chin checked myself really bad. That I bit my tongue, and my mom smacks me upside the head. So that thing right there. Yes, that's it right there. Is that what it's called? That's a thigh master. That's a thigh, thigh master. master. Thigh master. Gut buster. You weren't even. No, but it was, okay. you should have been hit. Dude. No. <laughs> Why? So, yo, oh it was a thigh master, and I was using it as a gut muster. So, <laughs> so there you go. That explains that. So yeah. So uh, now, every time I, now what? Every time I hurt myself, and my mom was around, she would hit me, or I'm not gonna say beat me, because I don't think I've ever gotten beaten. They would just hit me, like you know, just Spanish, you know, Hispanic, um, Hispanic parents with are the chancla, like that, with the chancla, yeah. chancleta. Yeah. So, so now you're over dramatic. So now I'm over dramatic. Yeah, that's a gut buster. That's the other thing where you sit on. And, that's great. Yeah, well, I have one of those. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm a little overly dramatic when it comes to the kids. So I don't, you know, because I would get hit every time I hurt myself. The gut buster. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna say, man? I, 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 there's three different stories on how to how to react. So the first one was my son's probably three years old. We're at a party. I'm feeding him rice, um, and as he's eating it, he's like, <clears throat> just starts like coughing, like gasping for air. And my reaction was nothing. I just looked at him. Three women jumped <laughs> over the table and picked him up and started pounding his chest. And I still had the plate of rice in my hand with the fork, looking at him. And my wife goes, "Man, really?" And I just looked at her. I said, "This is all I got." And that's <laughs> all that was said. So in that situation, you when know he what was, to do. the choking, I've always, I've always been like. Uh, like a full nervous almost. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. with the uh, lollipop anytime they got a lollipop don't run don't run don't run don't run, don't run. He, they gotta sit and like <laughs> eat their lollipop and cannot move sit in the corner yeah the choking thing but then comes you know a year later he's maybe four or five we're playing catch with a softball well I get overzealous and I throw one right at him you know I throw it you know decent speed for a four year old yeah boom hit him right in the nose <laughs> Dude, oh and it, it like blew up and blood was everywhere. <laughs> I didn't even flinch. I think he should have caught the ball. So in that situation, when he got hurt, I was like, yeah, he should have caught the, the ball. See, that's the Hispanic side. I, I don't yeah. know if that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> Dude, there's oh, chunks of blood coming out of his nose, and I Safe. didn't feel any remorse. Fast forward maybe two years later, he's six years old, seven years old. We're watching, uh, we're supposed to be watching a boxing match, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. 
Well, he comes running into the house. Here he falls off a trampoline, breaks his arm. I'm mad at him. I'm mad at him because he, in my opinion, he was a moron. Yeah. Like I was just completely mad Dude, at him. You're rough. So I can't, I can't tell you how to react. Like it's all circumstantial. Like yeah, sometimes, yeah. and there's other times where I do feel bad. Yesterday he got, he got stung in the eye at Sesame Place. He was standing there getting ice cream, and a bee got him right in the eye. He woke up this morning looking like Quasimodo's brother. Yeah. And I felt, I felt bad. Like I felt bad for him. Genuinely felt bad for him. But you know, again, it all, it all depends. So like I don't know. Sometimes I just don't know how to feel with him. Um, you know, I don't know. It's not always bad. I don't ever exaggerate. It's just I just go with the flow, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I it's as a parent, it's 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 weird because you 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 naturally have the protective side, but also you want to instill lessons at the same time. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where you gotta try to find like in between or whatever. Like you know what they say, don't touch the stove; it's hot. Right. You touch, you're gonna yeah, get burned. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever exactly. the fire. You know what I mean? Sometimes you gotta let them kind of, you know, yeah, figure, figure it out it for out. themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what would you guys say uh, to someone who's, you know, potentially has to play injured, but all they're doing is complaining? They have the potential. Let me rephrase that. What do you say to someone who can be playing injured, but is choosing to complain about the situation instead and kind of feel bad for themselves or mope around about it? Um, you know, what, what, what's your approach, you know, just, you know, you ring them by the neck or, I mean, I guess everybody's different cause everybody's thought process is a little different, but my brother, I don't know if he's playing injured, but he's going to nursing school full time. Um, but is also working full time. Um, so anybody going through school, it obviously it's super difficult. Um, but he's been like miserable, uh, for the last, I would say year. So for me, it's just putting it back into perspective. Like you're, you're almost done. You, you know, you chose to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, and he's like, I know, but I still want to complain during it. I was like, ah, I'm good with that, and I, I'm, and I'm okay with it. But you kind of got to nut up a little bit and just finish it out. You know, you're almost there. The lights at the end of the tunnel. You know, don't give in. So put it back into perspective for him, and just say, dude, it's temporary. Just think about all the good stuff. Yeah, you know, exactly. once you get to the to the career, you know, to the end, and you're in your career full-blown, you're going to forget about this. So this is temporary. It's going to end. Uh, I try to, I don't know, shade it in a positive light rather than, you know, yeah. be, come on, let's go, do this, do that, because not everybody wants to hear that all the time. No, I, that's what, I was thinking, like, you'd be supportive, whatever. I mean, because if, sure. if it's, like, a tough time, whatever, blah, 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 I mean, it's, yeah, you, the only thing you do is be supportive. I mean, if they, some people do complain for complaint's sake, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, right. But, I mean, if they're also gonna do what they're gonna do anyway. If they're if right. they're gonna get past it, like if it's something they have to like you know financial or whatever it is. Right. If it's a certain they can actually get out of, they're gonna either they're eventually get to the point where it's like a breaking point where you're gonna have to get beyond that point anyway. And if you're like, you know, tell them to suck it up. I mean that's not always not necessarily like a right. good thing, right. you know. But um, that doesn't help the situation at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, just be supportive. I mean, just yeah, because they eventually get past it anyway. If he wanted to quit, then I'd yell at him. Yeah. But he's just yeah. complaining about it. You that's know what all. I mean? He's just kind of just laboring through it. But if you wanted to quit, then obviously that's a whole different conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Some people just feel the need to complain. I don't know. I always say is that somebody else might have it worse than you. So to really complain, I mean, might. you have a job. Listen, there's never might. It's always there's always yeah. There is. It's true. That's true. I mean, you have a job. You have a family. You have people with you. There are people out there that don't have any of that. You know what I mean? You're sitting there complaining. You're at work like, oh, I hate my job. And you're complaining about it or whatever. But it's, 
It is what it is. It's like Spanish people say, Hey, como esta? Aquí, pues, tu sabes, todo chaval. Like all messed up and banged up. And yeah. You're just asking them how you're doing, you know? Like you're trying to be happy and, and, and going on with them. And they're just right off the bat complaining, saying they're all beat up and ain't worth nothing and don't have no money. I didn't ask you all that. I said, how are you? <laughs> no, they always like, end, and they always end with, yeah, it's not your fault, though, Pastor. Yeah, it's fault. not your fault. I, I could complain, cool, but you don't want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people just like to feel sorry for themselves. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I think yeah, I think that's what I was kind of going towards, like someone who's constantly just like moping yeah. and just kind of whatever. But piggybacking on what Manny said, not every time someone is complaining, or if it's new person complaining, obviously it's not something they do regularly. They're may they just might need an ear. All they yeah. want you to do is Absolutely. listen. Right. Um, or even right. if you're not listening, just the fact that you're there with your right. shoulder just lean to lean on. Sometimes your unsolicited, you know, opinion yeah. uh, needs to stay in the trash can, you know, where it belongs. Because sometimes that just either makes a, you know, situation worse, or it's just not empathetic at all. You have no yeah. show, yeah. no compassion yeah. uh, towards someone who's actually might be going through something, and maybe they know what you're already about to say to them. That yeah. advice, I know that, but I just want to complain, or I just want to get it off my chest. I just want to yeah. say it. Just yeah, I feel like. Just yeah, sometimes I feel like if I just say it to someone, it helps instead yeah. of just you know saying it to myself and beating myself up all day, right. exactly. or then maybe or let it tail off and then you guys kind of grab dinner or something or come back and like, all right, so I know you said a couple of things. Here is my you know if if you want my opinion, you know, I've been in a sim similar situation. I'm not gonna say you know there's the exact I've been through the same exact thing. That's one thing that. It used to irritate me. Now I, now I get it. I see why people do some stuff like that. But you're never in the same position as someone else ever. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. always different. It's not your life. It's they're not you know living your you know story. You're living your own. They're living their own. Although it may appear to be the same thing, it never is. Yeah. So the best thing, the best piece of advice I received on you know giving that to somebody that it is solicited first. Yeah. Um, exactly. And then you just give. A story about yourself of when a time that maybe you went through something similar and you explain that it's not the same but when i went through something like this you know this is what i did this may or may not help you but i'm just trying to help you know exactly. you know be here for you if yeah. it's not then right, you know maybe right. we can you know choose yeah. a different route some people know things are hard but experiencing it is different like right, exactly. they know what they're going to get themselves into they know it's going to they're not going to have time for anything but going through it's like oh yeah. your head you just get all you just have to like let it out let it out to someone Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know that's like my problem is like that. I always feel like my problems are my problems and I shouldn't be like venting that on somebody. So that's what like I, I feel like I bottle some of that stuff up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what a lot of times people, people say get a hobby or you have a find a creative outlet or something like that. So for me, I know a lot of stuff where I don't instead of keeping it bottled up, I have drawings of endless amounts that I started to keep now. Um, because it's just like, well, I might as well just keep this now because now, you know, that's me quote unquote venting, I guess, yeah. you know, exercising, you know, some people do different things. Some people, uh, you know, do lawn work or, or yard work. I mean, um, they do stuff, you know, work on their cars, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I'm not saying that's solving everyone's no, problems, no, no. but I feel like that's a form of, you know, you venting or trying to escape or actually think things through yeah because exactly. while i'm doing that stuff i'm thinking yeah. of life and trying to paint it out what especially when i'm jogging i'm yeah. going through a lot of stuff in my mind which, I, which is good I, I do mine I, it sounds funny doing the dishes like literally i'll come home from work 
and I'll, uh, you know, hang out with the kids or whatever. And then in my head, I just like replaying whatever. And if I'm like frustrated about something, whatever, I literally would just do the dishes and think things over. And mm. just by the time I'm done, it's just like, all right, it's all good now. Yeah. So it's it could be as simple as that to kind of relieve it. Yeah, I think everyone has their own, you know, methods of stress relief, whatever that is. Um, I think I think it's interesting seeing seeing what other people do, but yeah, I mean you have to you have to vent. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. We're all connected at some point, and we have to reach out to one another to help each other to you know cope with certain things because you can't deal with everything just by yourself. No, I know. Um, and some things have to be talked about and to kind of get over those mental blocks that we were talking about before. Maybe this is releasing a mental block for someone listening right now yeah. or one of us sitting here right now uh, making like, all right, yeah, maybe I got to stop being a punk about something and just kind of, you know, fight through it and literally play injured. So, all right. With that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up with two quotes. The first is by Troy Palomalo, Mike, didn't, wasn't this your guy? It was your guy for a while. Yeah, All right, and it goes like this. Injury in general teaches you to appreciate every moment. I've had my share of injuries throughout my career. It's humbling. It gives you perspective. No matter how many times I've been hurt, I've learned from that injury and come back even more humble, which is interesting. I thought that was going to end on more strong, or, you know, stronger. Um, great quote. And the next one is by Peyton Manning. Nobody really wants to hear about anybody else's injuries or how your back feels. Whose back doesn't hurt? Right? So that's a totally different way of looking at things. And uh, there you have it, folks. Episode number 20. Don't forget, if you're new, download and subscribe. We have a brand new episode every Tuesday morning um, for your listening pleasure. In this episode, we talked about playing injured. We discussed our stories of sucking it up and being relentless, dad's reaction to a child's injury, and advice to friends on the difficulties of life. We wrapped up the episode with quotes from Troy Palomalo and Peyton Manning. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Rotated Views podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at jimmyleevelez.com. And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.